This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay, Dunedin. And I'm joined by Mawira Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawira. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going with you today? Very well indeed. And who have you got sitting beside you today? Today I have got the very lovely Virginia Jeeves. Uh, Virginia is... Um, a highly spirited, beautiful Italian woman who uh, runs cooking classes uh, in Italian food, takes people on Italian tours, and because she's got nothing to do but work, um, runs two magazines about cooking and living and community. She is one of the most um, exciting community champions, I think, that we have in our community. Thank you. Very kind of you to say. You make me feel quite special today. You are special. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Virginia. How has bubble life gone for you? Uh, bubble life was really interesting, actually. When it first started, I was a little bit feeling quite isolated for the first two weeks, even though I had my family with me. I just felt, you know, I felt so restricted. But then as, you know, you changed your mindset, things became easier. I was really enjoying it. In fact, when we came out of lockdown, I didn't want to come out because you realise the things in life that seem so important to you are not so important to you and what matters the most, what mattered the most was, you know, A, at your health and B, being with your family. So it kind of brought you back to that, to that level for me. So who did you have in your bubble? My husband and my two children. How old, how old are they? Uh, my husband's nearly 18 and Bianca is 14, going on 28. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only 30. <laughs> my husband's 51. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, so it was just, yeah, I mean, my family's always been important to me, but what I'm saying is, you know, how we think we can't live without this and we can't live without that, and it's amazing what you can live without, Just and, and you know, you come back down to what is important, and first and foremost is your health, protecting yourselves, protecting other New Zealanders, and, um, you know, this whole COVID-19 has been a big scare. Uh, when I see the stats on Italy, especially, we, we had a big tour organised for all this this year to take um, 22 people over to Italy. And um, it was really strange. When we when it first hit the world, you know, people were saying things like, it's the flu and it's, you know, it's only going to affect the older people, elderly. And then you start seeing, whoa, 800 people died overnight 
and now it's up to something like 35,000 people. You just can't comprehend. And then when I heard that the first case came to New Zealand, I was terrified. I thought, my God, are we going to be, you know, we're obviously a smaller country. Is this going to be thousands, hundreds of thousands of people going to be wiped out, you know, over a matter of time? Because you don't know, you know, you see what's happening overseas in the States as well. You know, they've had over 100,000 people. And it was terrifying. So what did you do during your the lockdown period? Did you carry on working? I did some planning for my magazine. So I've got a magazine here in Whakatane called La Vita, which is a lifestyle magazine. So I did some planning, some recipe planning for that. So yes, I did. And, and you know, for me, I didn't know what the, you know, what the future's going to bring because obviously that's another side to the story with the whole Oh, um, whether we go into recession, but um, so I try to keep positive in that respect, and also because I love to cook, I was baking nearly every day and posting all of that on Facebook. It's very yeah. unfair. Yeah, on La Vida Magazine <laughs> Facebook page, but because uh, I, I, I love to cook and create recipes, but I like to cook just from you know the ingredients you've got in the pantry. I don't. I don't do it too exotic. Um, so I did lots of baking, lots of walks on the beach. Um, yeah, it was good. I like that meme that went around that said celebrity bakers claiming to be cooking for for COVID, cooking from what they've got in their pantry. First, you need to take the wing of a Hungarian gnat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, I know, yeah, but okay. yeah, that's what I did, yeah, so it was good, and I did a few cool things on Facebook for people, like, you know, what are you doing in your bubble today, and people posting things like, show us doing your kids doing the housework, and going for a walk, and so they were intervening with our competitions that we had going, just to create some excitement, so that was really good fun, seeing what other people were doing. Let's go to your first music choice. Let's go for Elton John's Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. My favourite album of Elton John's is the Live in Australia album, so we're having that version of it. I hope you like that one. Love it. Love Elton John. Even though I'm too young to like him, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> we all got with him, didn't we? Our parents sort of, it was on, he was on the radio when we were sort of growing up. And I love that my kids all sing Elton John songs too because they've just been <laughs> pounded with that Live in I'm growing tired and 
time stands still before me Frozen here On the ladder of my life Too late To say It must be the only surviving lifestyle magazine in the country, I think so. It's pretty cool. Like, it goes, people want it more around New Zealand and subscribe to my magazine. It's about lifestyle, but we also talk to other people around New Zealand that we create a lot of interest in today. Our last issue was about Simon Goldbacks and feeding the gut and making yourself healthy. Um, yeah, so that's quite a cool article, and um, it's great. I love being involved in our community, so I'm able to get involved with my own part of the business that may be needing a bit of a hand. So, you know, Levita was established in five years ago with no funding at 
and so this year's our five year anniversary. And uh, it's great, we've got this amazing support from advertisers locally. It's not going to do it without them. We've got great supporters that we follow and read the magazine. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. I love doing it. And has the messaging changed during lockdown and in the brave new world we're entering? Messaging in what respect? Um, are people still valuing the same thing? You talked about how you, you realise how much you value the, the family and so on. Okay. Have we gone moved to that and perhaps less on the, the frilly bits? I'm not sure. How, how you describe the, the, the frilly bits of lifestyle? <laughs> just, look, it just really made you appreciate the work that you were doing. Like, and then all of a sudden, one day, a couple of days, your life completely changed. And it created that uncertain, uncertainty, especially, um, you know, and then and it really made you think and evaluate things in your life, like what is really important. Like, do we need to have, you know, the cars, the, you know, all these extra things that we do. We want to support local business, of course, first and foremost, but you obviously need a job to be able to do some of these, or a lot of these things. So it kind of made you think, really think about, you know, how many times you go to the supermarket in one week because it's such a habit. You became a creature of habit. Like I'd pick the kids up from school, I'm in town, and they go, oh, I'll just quickly stop in and grab some fresh veggies. The next minute, you know, you grab veggies, you grab extras along the way that... I didn't do any of that, and in fact, I hardly went to the supermarket. So you became really resourceful. You thought, you know what? I've got to, done a big shop this week, and we're not going to go for a couple of weeks, and we're going to eat what's in that fridge. And um, yeah, it just made you really conscientious of where you're spending your money, and also just obviously because you're worried. You're thinking, are we going to get out of this? We didn't know at that stage. You know, are we going to get out of this in four weeks? Is it going to be? Obviously, with, with with what I did, um, you know, my line of business, I think it's seven weeks of lockdown because the magazine is not is not deemed as a um, essential business. So we were just going to print, and then on the Wednesday, the printers can't release it because you're not essential now. So here I have this autumn issue sitting at the printers waiting, waiting for you know, it was all that kind of things. That, that yeah, kind of definitely, I think people are. There's definitely a different atmosphere out there at the moment. I think at the moment we've come out of lockdown and businesses are starting to resume, but it's it's the forecast going forward. You know, it's quite scary. It's still uncertain times. You know, we go into this big, great recession. What's going to happen? There's been a lot of job losses still continuing every day. Um, so it's quite a big concern, really. So what did you do with your autumn issue? We got it out. We got it out um, last week. So as soon as that hit the road, we were we were everywhere. So um, the magazine and it was it was really interesting again because um, you know doctors can't take it, cafes can't take the magazine because um, of COVID nineteen, there could be germs on it. So we had to rethink about okay, how we're going to distribute the magazine. We've got advertisers that have paid for advertising when they still need to get that reach of 5,000 people. So we had a chat to the local supermarket here in the Foursquare and some of the retailers that are able to put it into bags. So they all 
came forward and said, look, we'll support you. And New World's like, we'll take as many as we can and get them out there for you. So they were just going to shopping bags. Um, so that was just awesome. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokadui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, na mihi arohanu, kia koutou, koutou, ho. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I'm very excited because I only have four minutes with you today, so it's very exciting. I can really prioritise and get my key messages out. So my key messages are, thank you for being born, thank you for bringing your unique skills into this world. Like all life, you are perfect, you are unique, you are precious and you are contributing to our shared co-evolution on this paradise planet. Everything that you do and are is so, so needed and so, so important for what we are all part of, this infinite web of co-evolving life. So thank you for being here and thank you for having me with you. I'm very grateful. So. We are moving closer and closer towards level one, which is very exciting. And I'm so excited that in level one, we'll be able to hug each other, which I've been really missing. We'll be able to feel all that oxytocin and all those beautiful bonding, lovely, lovely chemicals and our hearts synchronizing. And we'll be able to express our love in these very important ways. We'll also be able to have really big gatherings again, which is very exciting for me, obviously, which... I'm just so overjoyed about because part of who I am and part of what I really enjoy doing is interacting with very large groups of people in terms of my work at Orokanui Eco Sanctuary and in terms of my band and my music. So being able to bring large groups of people together to have a really amazing emotional experience is a big part of what I love doing with my time and energy, particularly if the shared emotional experience is out in the real world, in the natural world, like at Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, or is involving lots of dancing and having a great time at musical events out in the real world. So I'm really hoping that my band, we will be able to have our album released, and I'd love to do this at Orokanui or in some beautiful nature area, and really just celebrate that freedom and that opportunity to be alive and have a wonderful time together again and move our bodies and feel that freedom and embody that freedom and really, really enjoy all of these wonderful evolved skills that we share. Also really excited to be able to get out and about and explore beautiful Aotearoa New Zealand and be able to journey far and wide again and go to beautiful, beautiful places that surround us here and really enjoy tuning in with all of my senses to the beauty of the world around us. I'm also really looking forward to using some of the new skills that I have gained over this time, all the new technological skills I didn't have before, really enjoy using, all of the connections that I've grown to the life that surrounds me in my backyard and my neighborhood and my beautiful hens and my beautiful kittens that were attained just before lockdown. All of these new skills have risen up over this time, which is very exciting. And I'm also really, really grateful to have the opportunity to return to all of my previously loved routines, but with a renewed sense of deep, deep appreciation and the knowledge that I will never take 
these aspects of my life for granted ever again how precious they are so hope for all of you you are enjoying the same journey towards freedom and you are finding things along the way that are really helpful to you and i'll look forward to talking to you next time thanks so much kakiti of all the things that you saw when the community was locked down and you thought oh i hope that sticks what things have we managed to to hang on to do you think in this this rush back to some sort of normal and what things have we kind of forgotten about? It's a really good question. I'm trying to think about that actually. I was thinking though, on off the cuff though, I thought it would be great to go on lockdown, you know, two weeks of the year every year. Because I think it definitely saves the environment. You can hear the sea. Um, what I love was that um, it was so quiet around the streets and you know, you can walk on the roads and felt like you were overseas somewhere even though you were just, you know, down the road at the beach. Um, yeah, I loved that and that it was quiet. It didn't seem to be, I don't know, it didn't seem to be a hassle. Everyone was just, oh, there were so many friendly people around. That's what I loved. That's what I'd love to keep seeing because everyone's so busy every day going backwards and forwards to, you know, they'll, People walk past, I'm quite a friendly person, and I was walking down the street one day, and there's these people on these bikes going, hello, they gave me such fright, it's just about <laughs> jumping down of my skin, because I thought, who's that? And they were becoming, you know, people becoming really friendly and happy to see you, but now everyone's back to the race, and it's, it's not like that anymore, you know? And I, what I'd love to see is that people still take time just to chill their neighbours that are alone, that are on their own, you know? That was the cool part for us, that um, just checking on a few of the people around where we were, um, <clears throat> dropping some food off and saying, hey, I'm just going to put it in a bucket or it's going to be on your doorstep or um, things like that, which was which was really nice. And just making sure, you know, just check on them every now and then. I know that we're busy working, but, you know, they're still part of our community. And, um, yeah, just the, there's nothing, nothing more than caring about you know, an elderly person. I always think about um, my, if that was my dad, if that was my mum, it's nice to know that someone's, you know, checking up on them. Yeah. Uh, it's so important to, you know, during lockdown, we were obviously caring for our neighbours, just keeping an eye on them. Um, and it's so important to just make sure that we continue that because, there are a lot of lonely people out there and it does only take a minute to say, hey, how are you doing? Do you need anything done? Or um, it was nice to be able to go shopping for some of them if they needed something. I think they were quite enjoying the company and being fussed over. But I had a, a great couple that live up the road and they uh, they had their wine order sorted out from the French bakery in town. <laughs> and they put the French flag up when the delivery was coming. I thought it was quite impressive. But I said, hey, I'm Italian. Put the Italian flag up. I'm here today. So, so that was good fun. Yeah. Quite hard it's, case. It's kind of perverse that in a thing that stopped us being community and stopped us doing community events and all the things we would normally describe as being community actually made our communities feel stronger in a strange way. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what was interesting as well, because you think, oh, I'm bored, I'm bored, right? You get into this mindset, oh, I'm bored, when they're going to do, when we do, the kids are going to. But it was really funny. We got into a routine, we're like, right, we're actually going to sit down and do a board game. And so we chat, We had this Monopoly, and it took this three-week Monopoly game that never felt like it was going to end. Um, and, and the kids just loved it because, you know, you always, you know, we're kids inside, aren't we, at heart? And so we'd all stack our money up around the board, and that board game sat there because it didn't matter because no one was going to call in. And I love the idea of I don't care about the dishes today. No one's calling in. I'm not putting makeup on today because no one's calling in. <laughs> so, you know, it was that was great. But also just thinking, you, you think, oh, I wonder what it's going to be like when we retire. We're struggling now. What are we going to do when we retire? What's it going to be like? You know, and it makes you think about, oh, you know, you really need to save it at a young age to be able now, you know, to forecast when you're older. If you do want to go for a little holiday around New Zealand or you want to go to Europe or whatever your desire is, you know, to put the hard yards in now, which we all do. But it is hard, you know, when you're raising kids and everything. But also it made me more think, I wonder what the neighbour's up to. Is she okay? So we had have, we have this 80-year-old next to us and she started painting. So I don't know where she got the paint from. She's painting the garage. Next minute she's painting the fence we were living inside. It's not even our house because we're, we're moving in a couple of weeks to our home. But So so she came in and she started painting our inside of our our fence and then she painted the letterbox and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, is she going to paint our house as well? And But she just kept busy and she's, you know, every day that's what her life must be, just doing the gardens and she go and collect the rubbish bins. You, you actually take note of what she does. It's quite funny. But she was busy. She made me tired just watching her. So it was great. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hello there, Bubble people. How's it going? Liesl here. Hope you are having, as always, a great day. Um, I just read this really interesting little post on Facebook as a... A lot of my information flows in from the social media channels, um, always with a bit of a critical mind on this, as it's good to hold these things in, in a context. But um, I really liked this. It was, um, it was commenting on the fact that we might feel like everything is breaking and the world is a bit of a disaster and that things are, things are awful, the doom and gloom sort of perspective. But, um, but in fact, things are being uncovered that need to be dealt with. And I really liked that because weirdly there's sort of a positive spin on that. Instead of it just being things are broken, there's problems and we're seeing a whole lot of, um, I guess, ways of responding to, uh, to trauma, to issues, to, to all kinds of um, problems that are arising at the moment. Um, but is this about doom and gloom, or is it about actually an uncovering, somehow becoming aware, somehow opening our eyes to things that maybe we've been ignoring for a really long time? It's not that those problems weren't there, it was just that it was easier to ignore them. And I was having a very similar conversation with a friend today as well about, um, you know, maybe maybe this isn't about it all just kind of erupting right now that suddenly there's all these things that we have to sort of contend with all these issues in the world but just that we were really good at distracting ourselves before 
And, and something about this lockdown um, experience, the COVID crisis and various sort of spin-off effects that have, that have occurred out of that have actually sort of triggered for us all a space where we, we've maybe all seen things that we have been ignoring or we've been forced to confront some of those things. And that's not comfortable, you know. I think a lot of this stuff is not comfortable. And as we all sort of probably discovered to some degree or another when we were isolated in that lockdown phase of level four, we were confronted with ourselves and our families and our people that were in our bubble with us and there was probably stuff that wasn't very comfortable. In some ways, things were being uncovered and I think we often do our best to cover what we don't want to look at. And uh, But there is nothing wrong with a bit of uncovering and working out what it is that maybe we can do with that because that is the productive, exciting side of it. When we know what we're seeing, when we're not ignoring it anymore, then actually there's a space to be able to talk about it, to acknowledge it, and to actually come up with some solutions. What can we do differently? What can we do about this? So for me, there's a real positive spin on that idea, and maybe not for everyone, but for me definitely there's a sense that we've got a productive space, um, uh, an ability to maybe talk about things that weren't being talked about before because we've all sort of had this exposure, and that we can now start to look at maybe some different ways of going forward because I feel like the tracks we were on have been changed forever <laughs> and try as we might to shove ourselves back on or shunt back onto the other track. It just doesn't exist anymore. I think that we actually have to think differently. So the fact that this has been uncovered offers us a wonderful opportunity and I challenge us all to think about this as an opportunity and what we can do with it. Take care out there, we'll talk again soon. Has this prompted you to be thinking differently about where we're going, where you're going perhaps? Absolutely, you know it's really interesting because um, like I said Lavita's five years old this year and I didn't think I was going to be able to get the next issue up and running, which is winter, which is coming really soon. I've had so many clients say, I want to be in that magazine, we want to support you, which is fantastic. But it actually did make me sit and think, I need to future-proof myself, maybe pick up some papers and study some papers, because we are in unprecedented times. You know, these are the words I don't like, unprecedented, um, wash your hands, um, be kind. I'm sick of being, no, I'm not sick of being kind. But these, you know, bubble, all these words, I'm like, if I hear them again, but it's unprecedented, or I think I might have already said that, but but it definitely made you reflect on, A, is my business sustainable? Sure it is, and today, if, if the market keeps going, but we don't know what's going to happen. We're in a small town. Um, the support is phenomenal here. Uh, we all try and support, you know, buy local, support local, is so important, <clears throat> you know, um, but yeah, it definitely made me think about my future. How did the kids go in lockdown? They were great, yeah. We all had a good laugh together and we all um, had ideas of some of the things that we could do, you know. Um, we, like I said, we played board games and I did a 
lot of recipe writing for my magazine and the kids caught up with their schoolwork, so they were able to do some stuff online. And I just said to the teachers, thinking that I'm going to home homeschool these kids, they're going to fail, okay? So don't rely on me. <laughs> but the system, the system actually worked quite well, you know, and, the, and they felt that the pressure wasn't on so much because the school did say, look, you know, don't stress out too much about this because you can only do what you can do from home. So so that was good. And then um, we did lots of cleaning up and tidying up and decluttering and stuff. So so that was also a great time. Have they enjoyed going, back, of, have they enjoyed going they, back to school? Yeah, they couldn't wait. They're social kids and they couldn't wait to see their friends. You know, there was a big part that they – it was uh, was quite funny because my husband had a birthday in lockdown and my daughter had a birthday in lockdown. And they just, you know, my husband didn't care, you know, he was so good, but, you know, I'm a 14-year-old. She was great. She's like, oh, it's fine, Mum, don't worry about it, you know. We'll, we'll, you know, so we try to make that as special as we could. But they were happy, happy to be back at school and I think they like that structure, you know. So, so that's good for them. I like how the school has adapted the way that the kids can collect credits because Bo is in year 13 this year, so uh, all set to go off to university next year and we were really worried about how the credits were going to work, but the school's sort of innovated a bit and they're going to be doing these unit standards that make it easy for them to get credits and I'm really excited about that, how they've adapted to meet the needs of our kids so that our kids aren't disadvantaged. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Mm, I think they did a good job through lockdown. So you've got an interesting view of the the community and uh, the business of Fakatani. How do you think it's going to come out of this? Well, you know what? I think that if we stick to our promise, like what has been publicised at the moment, which is very interesting with some of our councils and some of our, you know, with um, the chamber and things, the strong message there is uh, to support local. And I think if people really think about where they're spending their money and um, get out there and support local, I think, you know, we can, we, we will do okay. But again, if there's another lockdown, you know, when the borders open up to maybe Australia or I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know enough about this disease. But that's my only concern is, you know, are we going to be able to monitor that the same way we have? Are we going to be able to – I know we, we need our economy going 100%. I found it really interesting how uh, the kiwi fruit industry was able to, to continue, right, and, um, and the picking process, they're quite close to each other. And yet the forestry, which is now the second biggest exporter of New Zealand, were not able to continue business. So I thought that was just yeah, some of the choices there. I also felt um, that I don't understand why maybe some areas could have been able to keep working, you know, like where the virus wasn't actually detected. Um, yeah, I, I do worry about our economy most in Fakatani but across New Zealand the roll on effect that that is a concern. Um, now that we're all back to normal, semi normal, is it ever gonna be a normal? Do you know what I mean? Um well, what is the new normal? What is the new normal, you know? And um yeah, 
tourism, you know, that's a huge part of our country. I, I, I get that. It was exciting to hear in the media uh, from the weekend, uh, this last Queen's birthday weekend, the tourism operators and the um, hotel management um, operations talking about full house tourism working again in Rotorua, which is really close to us, um, a buzz back in the Rotorua uh, in the community as people have travelled from other towns to, you know, to enjoy what we have to offer here. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, when you talk to people, they're like, oh, great, they're reducing their rates because we've never been able to do this before and now we can afford to do it, mm -hmm. which is also good. But again, you still need jobs to be able to go out and do these things. People are conscientious of where they're spending their money. Mm -hmm. um, and we just need, you know, if we can get things up semi, you know, running semi-normal. Yeah, like I said, I don't know what the new normal looks like, but... This, you know, everyone obviously the message is strong support within your region, support local, travel within New Zealand if you can. Which, you know, New Zealand is a beautiful place. My golden rule, though, has always been you can never, you should never go overseas if you've not seen your own country, you know. Um, we've got gorgeous South Island, there's so many beautiful spots, and, and I'm glad that I've been able to travel around, especially when I was younger, like around New Zealand. Um, I'd love to get a camper van and go out and, you know, Kiwiana style. It's just good fun, you know. Um, we've got some cool people here. So I think I think people will discover some un hidden, some little hidden secrets that they never knew existed yet, you know, which is going to be cool because then that also spreads the, hey, if you when, when our borders do open, yeah, that's going to create more opportunities for different towns because more people are going to know about things. They're going to pass it on to friends and family, so hopefully it'll be a good roll on effect. You know, so I'm excited, excited, I'm excited to be able to do some of those things, hopefully. So yeah. Let's take your second music choice, which is Adele's one and only You've been on my Come on. 
As we heard from Richard the other day, they should do stars in your eyes. Yes, that's what I said to John. I've said yeah. it too. Why are they not doing that? that yeah. So amazing. we've got Dances with the Stars again this year. Yeah. And I said to him we should have a singing competition. Yeah, I said stars in your eyes to Joe mm. because mm. I thought that would be a cool show and I'd go on it. I'd yep. love to go. And then they transformed look like that person. So Who would you I be? Would love... I would be Adele. 100%. Or, or Amy Winehouse. Mm. But I get super skinny and, you know, 
I don't think that would work, but I could be hearing in later years of what you would have been. <laughs> Cupcakes. <laughs> so I have some questions to end the show with. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Biggest success I've had in the last couple of years would be um, I don't winning dancing with the stars that was huge. Yeah, winning dancing with the stars and getting people's choice as well. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because people spin on that like, oh, because you've got a magazine that's. That wasn't it. No. I was actually doing videos saying, hey, you know, you guys pick your favourite star, pick your favourite star, come on, support the community, support Life Education Trust, because that's what it's about. But also, you know, when I was asked to do that show, I was like, oh, I don't know if I fit the mould. They're all skinny. They're all size 10. You know, I'm not going to be able to do it. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to train, and I'm going to walk that belly until I vomit, and which I actually did. Um, and I'm gonna win it. And everyone's like, you know, you're like the quiet assassinator because I was like, oh, it's all good. But I'm like, this fat girl don't win that show. <laughs> show the rest of New Zealand. Thin might be in, but fat's where it's at. <laughs> because, you know, big girls have rhythm. You need a booty to shake, you know, on that dance floor. So that's what we did, Richard and I. We worked together and we had a laugh and did a hip hop by the way, which was an embarrassment to my daughter. But no, she was all good. She didn't get embarrassed. She's like, Mum, you've got to move this way. You've got to move that way. My God. You I could have, have you actually could have inspired the whole TikTok generation because that came out of New Zealand. Yeah, we TikTok. should have done TikTok on that. <laughs> now when I see imagery on that whole show, I think it looks like I'm going to eat Richard because big girl's hungry. But I was through my angry, you know, pulling all the signs. So now it was good fun, actually. So we're writing, a, we're writing a book of yeah. these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes, the collection of people doing good work. So you're in our oh. mansion. What's the superpower oh. that's got you there? I think, do you know what? I love Nick, I love it when someone says you can't do something. It makes me thrive even more. And I think in my head, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it 10 times better and then I'm going to show you that I can do it. So I'm very much... Um, I'm very ambitious. I just think, you know what, anything is possible. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is. Everyone deserves a chance in life. You've just got to have the, you've got to believe to achieve and you just keep going. And, you know, the scariest thing for me was, am I going to lose my magazine? I, you know, I would have felt like a failure because of COVID-19. But then I thought, you know what, you've got to change your mindset and go, it's out of my control. I can't do it about it. But, yeah, you've just got to keep strong. You've got to be, um, I think, you always have to try and be resourceful, especially, you know, I had, I was married before with two kids and left on my own, basically, and you just become resourceful. Like, what am I going to do to get through? And you do. You get through. You've just got to not give up. You keep knocking on those doors, <laughs> don't you? Do you consider yourself to be an activist? I think so. I look at you as an activist. Can you explain to me? Food. You are the person who inspires greatness in food. You are a person who encourages movement away from the takeaways and into this is simple food that you can make that's so nutritious and so good and so tasty. Yeah. You're, you're definitely a food activist. 
I think. Do you think so? I'm yeah. passionate about food. I love food. You know, it's the first thing I wake up in the morning and think about food. <laughs> but you've changed but lives with food. I just like to, you know what, when people come to my cooking classes and say, if you know one thing and what I've done, I'm self-taught. I've never been to university or did any, anything with sheep bean or anything. So because of my background, I cheese make mozzarella, feature ricotta, and into my own cheese making kits, which sell really well. But I just say to people, this, this, this is what I do. You know, some people are like, oh my gosh, I don't have coriander, therefore I can't make this dish. It doesn't matter, substitute it, chuck something else in there, taste it, put salt, even if it tastes good with salt, just don't put too much in. But do you know what I mean? Like everything can be substituted, you don't have to go out and spend a lot of money to create a nice dish. Mm. You just get the basics and you just work with that. So, am I an act food activist, do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, funny. My weather says yes. <laughs> what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? My family motivate me. I'm so passionate about my family and protect my real Italian mama. So I get up, my kids, one of them's 18, and you're probably killing me if I tell you this, but he's so thankful. They're thankful. They're thankful for what they have. And I get up in the morning, and we always have breakfast together, and I love to see my kids off to school in the morning. We always chat. And, um, yeah, my family, my husband, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's you know, and some days you have days you think, oh, what's it going to be like today? But, you know, that, that's what motivates me. I've got my family are my life. They are first and foremost, you know. And, and also, you think, I want to have a good, successful day today. I want to make some good decisions, some good business decisions. And, and you have to keep motivated because when you're self-employed, if, you, if you're not motivated, it's very hard to, to succeed, you know. I don't, I don't measure success on money. I measure success on being happy, getting through every day, you know, being resourceful. Yep, money, obviously we need money to survive, but if you can make enough to, to pay expenses and have a bit extra on top, then yeah, you know. I, I, I also believe in giving, you know, not to receive. There's always someone worse off than you. Think about your neighbours. Think about people. When you're going to say something, think about how that's going to affect that person, you know. So so making good decisions like that as well. So, yeah, that's what I'm about. So what challenge are you looking forward to in the next six months or so? I'm maybe trying to get a summer body in winter. (laughs) 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 That's my challenge every time of the year, this time of the year. You know, I'm like, oh, it's June now. I better start doing some walking and not so much cooking and, you know. But uh, what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Levita turning five years old this year. I'm looking forward to my son, older son, finishing high school this year and see what venture he's going to take on for next year. And I'm looking forward to um, this virus going away. It's been on my mind a lot because, you know, I've got a lot of family in Italy and I and I just pray that the world is affected, not just Italy, but, um, you know, it always is going to touch home to me. Um, I'm hoping that something can come out, a vaccine can come out. I know a lot of people don't believe in that, which is fair enough, but... I think if you're going to travel, you know, you want to try and keep yourself as safe as possible. I just hope to God that this something comes up because that's been a lot on my mind. 
know. And I just I just look forward to being happy and having a wine on a Friday night, maybe. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Advice. What advice could I give you? Well, you know what? Just be happy. Live every day to the fullest that you can. Like Jacinda said, be kind. <laughs> no, you know, if you're thinking about going into business, you know, this could, even even though we've been affected by this COVID-19, it actually could be a good time to reinvent the wheel and think about something. Think about something that people are going to always need, you know. Um, because if you are an entrepreneur or someone who is who is looking for a new career change, or if you are in, if you if you are an entrepreneur and you and you want to, you know, now's a good time to think about. Okay, is my business going to um, be sustainable if we get another hit? Um, you know, should I think about retraining? Or the sky's the limit. I truly believe that. I believe that and there's no other there's no one in this world that's better than you. One hundred percent. You are the best you can be. Thank you and very much for that. Mawera, did you have any closing thoughts? Um, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really add to that, can you? That's that's exactly it. Well said, Virginia. Thank you. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook as well. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani. And tonight, Matthew, she's going to be with Virginia Jeeves, also in Fakatani. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On the Air.